Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast, episode 31. Booyah! Welcome to the RunFit365.com podcast. I'm Travis. Hey, this is Dan. Dan, this is episode 31. 3-1, the big 3-1. The big 3-1, yep. And it's perfect timing because um, in episode 31, we want to talk about uh, running in this heat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I know you're getting back after it, and I know this morning I ran at 5.30... Uh, in the morning and the thermostat or the thermometer already said 72 (laughs) it was crazy wow it's crazy 72 i ran uh yesterday and it was definitely not uh 72 it was definitely not 5 30 in the morning either um and i can't i don't know actually what the temperature was but the humidity was high and it was like running through an oven yeah it's crazy like within the first mile you're drenched yeah but, you know, it's going to be here to stay for a while, and mm-hmm. um, I bet you've got a few tips for us on staying cool, or at least trying to beat some of the heat. Yeah, I've got some chicken scratch here, hopefully I can read through, but uh, definitely a topic for, I think, at some point in time everybody needs to know about. So, we'll talk a little bit about kind of what's happening in your body, why we overheat, um, and how we compensate for that. It's important to know so that you can understand uh, how these tips are, uh, how they play a role. Go over some tips about how you can kind of beat the heat. Um, probably not a lot of earth-shattering things, but if, maybe a few things you haven't heard of. Um, yeah, and that's it. That right. should take us probably the whole time. Cool. Let's do it. Okay. So um, if, if you live in an area, and I think most places, unless you, you live in Antarctica or northern Alaska or something, um, it's, uh, it's kind of hot out there. And, um, you know, just standing around, we get hot. It's something that our bodies are are really good at compensating for. Our body functions in a certain temperature range, and we have to be within that range for certain processes to occur. So um, our body regulates pretty well. Um, And, you know, things like if you you have a a fever, you, you start to shiver, that's the way the body warms up. Um, sweating is a good way for your body to cool down. Uh, so we all um, we have a limit, and as we uh, approach that limit, we uh, see a performance drop. So if we're uh, runners and we're getting too hot, you, your performance will start to suffer. So I mean that's sort of the, the side effect of it, but uh, the important part is staying safe. So uh, I read a couple studies preparing for this, and... Um, no surprise that the hotter the runners, the poorer the performance, and um, you know it's just it's sort of logical. But you just need to understand why that happens to us. So when we run, our muscles are working. So we have contraction of our muscles. Every fiber that's used produces some extra heat, and that's what causes us to get warm as we exercise. And so uh, we know that the more recruitment of muscle fibers you have, because remember. Muscles are sort of all or nothing. Say so you have a thousand fibers in a muscle, um, you're either using every single, uh, and anyone that's engaged, you're using 100% of it, or not at all, none at all. So if you're a runner, um, uh, higher the intensity, 
or the, the higher the, the muscle use, the more heat you're going to accrue. So our body starts to compensate for that in certain ways. For example, um, it, it opens up the blood vessels near the skin. So it brings the, the blood from the core of your body to the outside of the body uh, so that, that that warm blood can cool down because the outside of the body is a little cooler. Uh, so it allows for some heat exchange. And then at some point, um, that's not good enough, and we start to sweat. And that causes evaporation and, and enhances that cooling effect uh, as well. So um, that's what we end up doing when we're running is you start that, that dilation. It starts to cool down the best it can. Then you start to sweat to, to improve that cooling. And so if you go long enough or hard enough, and especially long enough, uh, you, you'll max out and, and your body will basically tell you it's time to quit. So um, just a couple notes here. Um, you know, it's always good to understand kind of the, the signs that you're overdoing it from a heating perspective. If you uh, start to, if you're running and you get headaches, dizziness, nausea, um, if it seems way harder than it usually does for that intensity or effort, uh, you just need to stop. And particularly if you have those, uh, those first few symptoms, you need to probably look for help because uh, there's just some signs of some heat issues. So just be smart about it. So, you know, we're, we're overheating just by being outside. We're especially overheating by running in hot and humid conditions. So we need to figure out ways to, to keep ourselves cool and um, particularly keep ourselves cool for as long as we can. And some of those studies I was reading, um, keeping cool was the key to, um, you know, staying safe for one and then two, for uh, keeping your performance as good as you can uh, for as long as you can. So we'll talk about some strategies uh, to, to help you with that. So any questions before I get started? No, sounds good. Sounds All right, good. cool. Um, okay, so number one, we just talked about how our bodies compensate. Uh, we sweat. Obviously, we sweat to um, you know enhance that cooling effect. So Obviously, if you're losing fluids, it's really, really, really important to hydrate, especially in these hot and humid conditions. We just talked about hydration last week, um, so you know, tune into that episode 30 for more information about uh, hydration. But just another emphasis here, because we are talking about the sweating a lot, and so as you sweat, you lose fluid. You have to replace that fluid. So, no sweat rates and things like that becomes very important, um, and and. Definitely don't forget electrolytes in this time because we start to lose the electrolytes, the sodium, and then we can't retain that fluid, and so it just keeps going right through us, not being used to hydrate us, and uh, it's really important to replace those. So especially important to start hydrated and hydrate. Basically, if you're an athlete and you're training for anything this time of year, you need to be focusing on hydration 24-7 this time of year. Um, and then make sure you do it throughout the workout as well. Okay, so that's hydration. Um, make good clothing choices. So some tips here. The lighter and looser clothing tend to be a little bit better in this kind of temperature and uh, humidity level. Uh, a lighter color tends to be a little cooler than, say, like a darker color. Black would be uh, hotter than a white, let's say. Um, there are sports fabrics that are designed uh, to be done or to be used in the heat, and those actually work most of the time better than 
um, what we typically think of as, as like cotton for a cool effect. Uh, but those sports fabrics actually rival that of those other kind of fabrics. So, you know, make sure to invest in a little bit of clothing that would, uh, you know, lend to keeping yourself cool. And of course, it's important to, um, as you get clothing, this doesn't have as much to do with as cooling as protection, but make sure your SPF, uh, your, it's SPF rated. And then finally, um, from a clothing perspective, or perspective, you know, ditch as much as you can. It, it's the less clothing you have, the the cooler it is. Of course, keep within legal limits. That's important. But um, you know, <laughs> whatever you can uh, take off, the, the cooler you'll be. Yeah. What is runner's etiquette on that? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even gonna. Don't even I, go there. I think uh, I think you go with what the law says, but. Yeah, no. th- this is a PG-13 show on iTunes, so we've got to keep it clean. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I guess one more thing with clothing is your hat choices. So um, keep in mind that your that your head, your top of your head is basically where you lose the most heat. Um, you know, in the wintertime, I remember one time I was playing basketball with this, with this guy, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's kind of bald, and we were outside uh, after we played basketball, and it was 20 degrees out. And I could just see like steam coming right off the top of his head. So in the wintertime, that, that obviously is a danger. You need to cover your head. In the summertime, you want to take advantage of that. And so um, in order to, to allow your head, your, the heat to be removed through your head, um, it's important to choose a hat that's um, – if, if you have to wear a hat, wear something that's loose-fitting or a mesh at the top or a visor that doesn't have any top at all because uh, essentially you want to allow that – heat to, to get out. Um, and no hat's probably better than none, but I'm sorry, no hat's probably better than having one, but, um, you know, sometimes you need to block the sun, etc. So just a thought about hats. Um, timing, Travis, you just said you ran at five thirty in the morning. Yeah. I, I, I applaud that effort. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be an early morning runner. And in fact, this time of year, early morning is probably your best bet, even though it was a, a 72 degree morning. Um, so if, if you need to run in the heat, uh, early morning is probably your uh, coolest time. Um, late evening is another option. There's always you know ups and downs for each of these things. Uh, but late evening might be a little bit warmer than it was in the morning, but still a, a better option than midday. Yeah, that's what my train... Um... <clears throat> We've got a new neighbor, and um, we actually ran um, in competing colleges. So, and we didn't know Oof. it, but we have been getting up on a you know regular routine now and running at five thirty. And you know, we both kind of said that I would much rather run in seventy degree you know temperatures than like eighty or ninety that happens in the you know the midday when we really get to the peak of the summer. So. Um, it's not super cool at 5:30, but uh, it's it beats much um, most of the heat that you're gonna have throughout the day. That's for sure. Yeah, and there there is a time for we'll talk a little bit about sort of the adaption to heat. Uh, depending on when your race is, you know, at, at some point in your training plan towards the end, last couple three weeks, you want to train to be as close to race conditions as possible. So. As it's okay and, and good to beat the heat and run an early morning, at some point you're going to want to acclimate yourself to that potential heat, whatever the race conditions will be. 
so that you're not, you know, totally fried on race day. You know, if you, if you train at 72 degrees at 530 and then you, you ran a race at, at, I don't know, 9 o'clock and it's already 84, you're going to have a slower time. And you want to set yourself up for that. So we'll yeah. talk a little bit about adaption here soon. Um, but from a timing perspective, those are two good times to run. I think the key is try to avoid the, the highest peak of the day, um, the sunny, hot, humid times just as much as you can. Um, this one seems like a pretty logical option. Just uh, make sure if you do have to run in the heat of the day that you um, run where, where there's shade. Uh, you know, when I do triathlons, um, there's just one, one of my favorite triathlons, and, uh, you know, you've already done your swimming, you've got off your bike, and you're running, and uh, it's pretty shady up until this, like, one decently long stretch, and you go from the shade to this, this direct sunlight, and the, the amazing, it's amazing to me that you hit that spot, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you can feel it. You feel that, that heat really dragging on your body, so... Uh, just a little bit of shade goes a long way, and so finding some place that's lined with trees. You know, you mentioned running along golf courses, um, it, with permission, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of golf courses out there that have uh, lots of trees, if if that's a good option. Um, lots of trails these days. We've got some trail systems here where we live, where it's uh, old railroad tracks that have been paved over, and uh, those are usually lined with trees. So those are good options. And if you're near a city with tall buildings, a lot of times those provide for a, a fair amount of consistent shade. So, you know, find what you can, but shade, you know, that can drop at 10 degrees easy. So just a, a good way to beat the heat. Um, this is, you know, we have to get lots of kinds of workouts in, even if it's summer. Um, but, you know, if, if you're having, you know, a stretch of days, and a couple days are hotter than others or more humid than, than others, choose those days for your slowdown days. Um, and, and even, you know, it's not going to hurt you not to get in some of those quality workouts if, uh, if meaning doing them puts you out right in the heat and puts you at risk for some issues. Um, so, you know, slow down as much as you can while still getting your training in. And this is a good opportunity to really dial in your running by feel I think we've had a podcast about running by feel in the past, and we've got you know on our training plans, and I think I have a blog article out there regarding uh, how to run by feel, and what, really what that is is just listening to your body. It's really important for these types of conditions because um, you, you may, if you're one of those people that trains a lot by um, you know pace, or if you train even by heart rate, they can be deceiving because your body's working. A lot harder when your when your body's hotter, uh, that your heart rate tends to speed up, and so, um, you know, you just want to be smart about it. Listen to how you feel, or you know, feel how you feel, and, and don't go overboard. Um, and make sure you slow down versus trying to stay in the in the zone and in the pace. Um, another option is to go indoors, and of course, this is never our favorite option, but this is the time to pull that trigger. Um, there's lots of, usually lots of options for things like indoor tracks. Um, we talked about the, the good old treadmill. Um, but, you know, if you've got an area that's got treadmills or an indoor track that's air-conditioned or shaded, or you can put a fan on you, 
this is a good time to take advantage of that so that you don't, you know, battle with the heat. So go indoors when you can or when you have to. Um, start cooled. So this is this is a really interesting um, concept. It's a lot of people call it pre-cooling. So the theory is, and it's not just a theory, I guess, because a couple of the studies I, I read about um, where they took athletes and they, um, you know, tested them in variable, various conditions. So tested them starting out in an ambient sort of normal environment, um, in, a, in a heated environment, and then a cooled environment. Um, and, and in each one of those cases, uh, you, you, they perform exactly how you might think they would. So if they started in a hotter than normal environment, um, they started out slower and they couldn't go nearly as long before they had to, and they basically went to failure and that failure point was much shorter. Whereas the, if they started in ambient or regular conditions, uh, they had sort of a, a normal run um, and they, uh, but then they um, had stopped shorter than if they started in a pre-cooled condition. So, you know, something as simple as taking a cold shower um, before your run, it actually, you know, lowers your body temperature a bit. You start out a little fresher. You you can go longer. You know, you'll eventually in this these kind of conditions, you'll you know get to your end and and you'll have to stop as well. But you know, you can take that cold shower to kind of get your your core temperature down a bit. Or even if you don't want to take a shower, you know, just wet your hair. Just stick your your head under a faucet, get your hair really wet because that evaporation. Remember, your, your head's the biggest area for losing heat. That's just going to sort of force it if you have wet hair. So um, that's, that may be an option for you. And I read something about an ice vest, and I, I don't know much about it. So if, if you have interest in, in pre-cooling, um, that's something you can probably Google. But the concept here is you put an ice vest on, and it helps lower your body temperature um, from an you know, external way. Uh, prior to running, and has that same sort of benefit of um, starting cooler so you can go longer. And then uh, finally, from a start-cool perspective, your pre-run slushy is what they call it. Um, now, don't go overboard and do something you know, crazy like a you know, Kool-Aid or you know, something really sugary with um, you know, caffeine or, or whatever. You, you want to keep it you know, kind of like a sports drink slushy maybe because um, you don't want to go too high with sugar because that will alter your ability to hydrate a bit. So, But the, the pre-run slushy basically is another way to sort of lower your body temperature pre-run. Um, it's not something you want to uh, just try all of a sudden. You, you want to kind of ease into it because that could cause you a little bit of GI upset as well. But uh, just another way to kind of start yourself in a cooled uh, position. So once you've started cool, you want to stay cool. And so um, there's a, a trick out there. I've used it before. You take a bottle of water, you pour a little bit out of the top of it, stick it in the freezer, and get it in a mostly frozen state. It's where you have a little bit of water to drink from, but it's mostly frozen. And on a really hot day, as you're running, and you could do this with um, you know, electrolyte drink as well, um, but it, it starts to thaw as you're running, and it, it basically gives you a really, really cold drink to, to drink from. Uh, it stays cold the entire time. Um, the only downside of that is if you need to take in more fluid than is melting, 
then you may run out, run out of fluid and that's never a good thing either. So, um, so that's one option. You can also do, um, if you know, if you run with a, a bottle normally, you can do ice in your bottle. Um, I read some tricks about, uh, if, if you're using that drink and you've got some extra ice, you can, um, you know, take that extra ice, put it in your hat. Uh, you can put it in your bra if you're wearing a bra. Hopefully, Travis, you're not wearing a bra, but um, I stopped wearing those a few years ago, so we're yeah, good. yeah, we're good there. Okay, <laughs> you know, I, I would consider wearing. Maybe I shouldn't say this. I, I would consider wearing a bra if I could cool myself down that way. I guess that's right. Yes. Wouldn't tell anybody about it, but right, whatever it takes to stay cool in the summer, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what this this is all about, right? Um, that's right. I don't, I don't believe I went there. Um, <laughs> Frozen towel in the neck. Now, I'm not sure I would. This one's kind of iffy to me. I've, I've tried this. You know, some some uh, people I know have suggested in the summertime put a towel around your neck to stay cool. And the theory's good. And the, the cold towel feels good for I don't know maybe five minutes. But then to me, when I've tried it, that towel becomes warm and then a nuisance. So if you're a runner and you start out with a frozen towel, at some point that's going to be a warm towel and then that just gives you something more to carry so good idea probably not um, the best thing for runners but you know maybe give it a go if that's kind of the way you run um, and then you know if you plan your your routes correctly or, or well you can um, you know have fountains along the way use those fountains to your advantage some trails around here actually have like faucet type uh, nozzles that you could Essentially, you know, get yourself wet again if you need to, re-wet your hair, um, take off your shoes and, and socks and get your feet wet. Anything that kind of cools you down, you take advantage of that when, wherever you um, have that ability. But kind of plan your, your runs to be going past some of those places. Um, in fact, I read about, you know, if you run near places where there's water, uh, there's a nice... Um, North Northwest Indiana. If you live near the the dunes, um, not only is it breezy up there, which helps a lot with the heat, but you know if you run along the lake shore, you could just jump in the water if you needed to to cool down. But not everybody has that ability, I guess. Um, speaking of places to get wet, um, some of your main cooling points, so places that if you um, cool down or if you get wet. Uh, it will be extra helpful for you. Um, so we talked about the head, you know, getting your hair wet. Uh, putting something cool on your head will help tremendously. Your neck, back of your neck, is a great place for, um, you know, dissipating heat. The inside of your elbows, the inside of your knees, so the soft part, not the bony part. Um, inner thighs and your feet are all just packed with... Uh, vessels which are you know as like we talked about those they're trying to pump the blood towards the surface of your skin and the cooler your skin um, the quicker it can dissipate that heat from the blood so that's why it's important to keep those areas cool as much as possible um, so we I, I had mentioned a little bit about adaption and there's a little bit of a science to this in that um, you know you don't want to go from I don't know if you live in a in a northern area, and, and you're training in 70 degree, very little humidity um, conditions, and then you go to South Florida or something, and it's you know 85 and 80 percent humidity or something. 
you don't want to um, you don't want to go and just run a race that day. You want to do your best to try to acclimate to that. And so the best I found, I found several sources about adapting and acclimating to heat. There are physiological changes that occur. And so a lot of the recommendations I read was um, it can take up to 14 days. And, you know, who has 14 days before a race? But uh, a good 7 to 10 to up to 14 days uh, before you should up the intensity. So, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, going in an area that's hotter and humid than where you live or, or maybe it just all of a sudden, like did here, went from like winter to summer and two weeks, um, you know, try low intensity workouts for up to 14 days um, for, your, for your body to actually physiologically adapt to that. And then you can up the, the intensity little bits at a time to so where you're, um, you know, acclimated completely. So, uh, th- this is just a phase that's important to try and build in if you can and, and don't overdo it because your body um, is not ready for that kind of intensity and that kind of heat yet. And then, um, you know, like any time, be smart about it. Um, let, your pe- let people you know know your route, where you're going. Um, this is not a time to, you know, fall on the side of the road in a, on a country road where nobody's going to see you and nobody knows where you're at, uh, just be smart and make sure somebody at least knows where you're going and when you're going. Um, and, and don't be, don't be afraid to stop if you need to. It's really important that, especially if you have those, um, you know, if you have headaches, dizziness, nausea, things like that, um, you need to stop, you need to stop and get help. In fact, so, um, don't be afraid to do that. There's nothing, um, you know, it's not being tough. It's more about being, you know, it's more being stupid if you if you don't. And then, you know, move it. Move or scrap the workout. There's there's no point in trying to kill yourself, sometimes literally. And uh, it's always a good idea to move it versus trying to fit something in for, you know, just to get it in. And then finally, um, make sure you're being realistic. Um, if, if you've been training like we've, the 500 festival uh, half marathon in our neck of the woods. Um, very, I, I've seen it happen several times where, you know, you have 60s and 70s leading up to even the the week before the race, and all of a sudden, on race day it's 85, and um, you know everybody, you, you can see the race time slow down. Um, you, you just have to anticipate that you're going to be slower and be okay with that. Don't try to go out there and keep the same pace unless it feels right. I mean, it might feel right to you to keep the uh, same pace, but make sure you're listening to your body and anticipate that you'll have a lower or slower pace that day uh, because of the heat, and that's perfectly normal, and it's very likely everybody else is going to have slower times as well. Um, That's That's such a key point. We talked about that this morning, Dan, on our run because... You know, we've been running by time, but we've been essentially running the same route. So, um, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we'll try to do 45 minutes. But there's this point where we, you know, once you run the same route, you kind of know. And this mm-hmm. morning, we weren't quite there when the watch hit. And mm-hmm. we both had this dialogue on the way back about, you know, you have to really listen to your body when it's this hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, neither one of us had heart rate monitors on this morning, but I know you're a big fan of that. And if people are listening, that's the ultimate kind of 
um, gauge when you're trying to base, you know, effort. Um, so if you use your heart rate monitor, that's uh, that's a good judge. It is a good judge, and, and don't be surprised that um, if you felt, if you're going at the same pace, chances are in the hotter conditions, you probably feel like it's a harder workout, and your heart rate is probably higher uh, for that same pace. So if you, um, you know, keep your intensity, um, you know, heart rate training is a good indicator. Even better to me is, you know, dialing in how it feels so that you, um, you know, definitely don't go by pace alone because it, it's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. Um, just looking through my notes here. I, that, I think that basically covers everything. I had jotted down, down here and I'm having trouble speaking. Any questions or any other thoughts from your experience? No, those were all good. Um, you know, it, it's common to hear about running in the mornings and running in the evenings. I think some of your tips um, on, um, you know, the frozen water bottle type thing, that's a mm -hmm. nice thing that I hadn't heard of before that makes a lot of sense, um, especially when you, ha you know, your route's not going to have any kind of water stops. Um one yeah. thing I did notice that the park, at least our park departments, are at least turning on the water fountains that have been off all winter long um, and some even into the spring. So we have more access now um, to, to water stops, which is good. But again, that's back to route planning to make sure that um, you have those uh, key water stops um, in mind. Um, no, I thought, yeah. I thought you covered a lot, Dan. I, there's a ton of tips out there. Um, I focused on some of the fun things like we covered, but uh, also kind of what the research says. And the research doesn't get you a whole lot of, you know, freeze a water bottle, but it does kind of give you an idea of, um, you know, what studies they have done and, and kind of what to expect. So I, I really do think that the pre-cooling thing is – a really good way to go. One, one hydration is a must, and then pre-cooling um, gives you the best opportunity to go as long as you as you can. So, uh, give some of those those uh, tips on pre-cooling a, a try, and maybe even Google um, pre-cooling for running to get a little bit more out there. Um, I'm sure there's a ton. There, there's way more articles that I could possibly read. So, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and you always say this. Um it would be great to go back through every podcast and see how many times you've said this, but listen to your body on these days when it's really hot. Yeah. Um, and if you have to, if you've got to get a workout in, um, go inside. That's always the safest bet. Um, yeah, point in ca er, case in point. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be pulling an all-nighter here. I feel like I already have been. Uh, case, <laughs> case in point, um, on my run this weekend, um, everything was going well got to about the halfway point and that's when it felt like I was taking a shower in my own sweat all of a sudden. Um, my heart rate monitor said I was in the right zone, but I didn't feel like I was in the right zone. So I, I slowed down and, and it is really hard to slow down because you know, at least for me, I always want to run as fast as I can um, and stay in the right zone because it's just, it feels better to run fast or for, feel more accomplished or whatever. Um, but the right thing to do is when it doesn't feel right, if you don't feel like you're in a conversational pace and you're supposed to be in that zone, slow down so you're in a conversational pace, no matter what your heart rate is saying, uh, no matter what your pace is. It's it's the best thing you can do to dial in that um, 
how you feel because that's you always have that right if your your heart rate monitor dies you still have that feeling and it's the most accurate thing you have yep spot on cool well thanks dan for doing that research again um and i know we've got tons of emails it seems like this past week and um, please continue to send us those emails. Um, you know, we love to see them and we, we do our best, um, to get back to you as soon as we can. So that's it. Support at runfit365.com. And you can find the contact us page on our website at runfit365.com. Um, Dan, anything else, any other t- last minute tips for staying cool this summer? Um, yeah, I moved, uh, uh, Canada or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Antarctica is that yeah. is that one of Antarctica. the spots? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, um, runs the penguins. <laughs> there you go. Um, that could be a good race title. <laughs> uh, I, I would sign up. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right, Dan. Well, you want to close this out? Yep. Uh, all right. Have everybody have a great week and happy training.